Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Oh, I'm standing. Is what I'm doing. This is like a show first. I yeah, I'm I'm standing. Uh, Should I stand? If you want, I mean, look. Okay, th- hold this on. This is hold, hold on. on. Okay. I guess. Should I put a drink in my hand? I don't even have a drink poured yet. I don't even know what this is. I just oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a 20 minute intro. I'll have this fucking Shivas. Oh my god, that's a lot. Yeah, what, why are we standing? I don't know. I, I have to do this. Uh, there's a lot in me that I have to get out right now. I've been at work. You've been at work. We've been at work for the last 30 hours. We have 24 hours uh, not working, and rather than spending it with our families, we're sitting in here with you fucking whiskey dicks. That's what we're doing. Uh, my life is so fucking socially bankrupt right now. I'm, I'm commando right now. I ran out of clean Stop underwear. It. Out of clean underwear. Crawling out from the asshole of the fire realm, Dyson Pipes. Uh, there's there's nothing like drinking at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, wh- dude, that was a first. I had to. Did you have to because you're going commando and you can only sit for a limited amount of time? The last time I went commando, I was in fucking college. Can I tell you that I haven't showered in three days? <laughs> I was so tired when I got home last night. We got home around like 2 a.m. from Yes. Work. Yes. Wait, wait, what time did we leave for work? We left at left 9 our homes 9 to go p.m. to our place of employment. Right. 9 p.m. technically two days before. Right. Yeah. What do we calculate it out to? Like almost 30 hours yeah. spent of work on the road at work in a cockroach infested. I almost. I almost came in contact with the ancestors of uh, the infamous roach. Ah, uh, the orca roach? Yes. It was not fun. No. The, the, how many of them died in my mouth, do you think, sleeping in our uh, lounge? Uh, you are a mouth breather, I think, when you sleep. So you, you leave that crevasse open. Yeah, so yeah. they just they come and go as they please. It's like Joe's apartment. I snore. Is that, what you're, is that a nice way of saying that I snore? Yeah, yeah. You're a little bit of a snore. Is it bad? No, you're not bad. There okay. have been people far worse. Yeah. It, your snoring is tolerable where even if you're snoring in the, in the lounge, I can still fall asleep. Okay, good. You know, as long as that, that fucking psychotic fan is running. <laughs> if that fan is not running, <laughs> d- then the littlest thing keeps me up. Um. Oh, shit, I was going to fucking say something. Oh, so anyway, yeah, so we get home 2 in the morning. I'm just dead dog tired. I could feel my balls are just like they've been in a swamp for like a day and a half. It's very hot outside. 
If only I, we had man ponds. If only, if only we had man ponds. And and we did talk about this we, I, at work. Yeah, we talked about I, man I, ponds. I probably should have taken up these uh, high roller financial guys' <laughs> advice. <laughs> Shoved a couple of man ponds in my taint. Um, yeah, dude. I got after you know we we dropped off. Um, I'm on my way home. I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm so tired, but I really need to shower. But do I go in and shower? No, I'm a maniac. I go in. I go and eat. What did I eat? What did I eat? I had a bowl of cereal and a piece of chocolate pie. Because <laughs> why not? At 2.30 in the morning at this point. It's not as bad as what I ate. Oh, no. All right, one moment. So uh, so I ended up going upstairs, and the wifey wakes up. She's like, you're home? What time is it? And by now, it's like close to 3. I'm like, yeah, it's 3 a.m. She's like, how is work? She's like, quote, you smell good. I'm like, excuse me? Because I had put cologne on to try to mask my scent. So I told her, I was like, yeah, I smell good for somebody who showered in the sink. You know, <laughs> I said, you're smelling my neck. You should smell my waistline. Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. You might want to sleep on the couch. She said, why don't you shower? <laughs> I said, nah, too tired. Not today, sweetheart. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to shower. So I went to sleep like a disgusting fucking animal. And I ended up waking up and yeah, complete. I thought I showered last night. That's how tired I was. I and didn't shower. So not this morning either. No, why not? Fuck it. I'm going on, I think, three days without a shower. <laughs> yep. Cheers to me. <clears throat> Good thing the door is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the delicious scent of tobacco uh, will waft away. Oh, good, any, good, good. Uh, yeah, when we got in your car last night to come home, I had mentioned, uh, oh, it smells great in here. I'm not sure what, what tobacco you had in there. Um, it smelled like a burly. It was very, like, leathery. The last uh, tobacco, th- the one that I've really been just smoking the shit out of recently is this Savinelli de Blonde d'Oro. Oh. So it's got a lot of, I think it's got like dark-fired Kentucky. Okay. So it's a Virginia Perique with dark-fired. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you correctly made a very astute observation. You said, yep, our body smell will cancel that out in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. And yep, you were right. It just smelled like, uh, it, it wasn't like B.O., but it mm-hmm. smelled like a locker room. Yeah, it reminded me of, um, it reminded me of high school. Yeah. You know, like playing sports in high school. Yep. You know, like coming in after you were done and just, or even when you begin, it's just the stench of just like old musty clothes that have just been sitting in a locker because, right. you know, we're guys. We don't fucking bring that shit home. Yeah. So. Uh, so this is the Dice of Pipes radio program. Uh, we're going to do some changes here. There's lots of things to talk about. Number one, uh, from the fine people at Apex Fantasy Coasters, I think their name is. I have their shit right here. Hold on. I didn't realize that they were cork on the bottom. Uh, just Apex Coasters. Uh, Do you remember Apex Technical? No. You don't remember those old commercials with that uh, like middle-aged to older white guy with the bald head, the mustache, and it was like a mechanic school? Nope. Okay. Nope, don't remember that. But anyway, the fine folks at the Apex Coaster Company uh, sent us um, via Kickstarter uh, some fantasy coasters. Uh, so I have on my side of the table, we ordered four. I have I'm supposed to have two. You took out. Oh, right, it's right here. It's right here. Oh, thank you very much. I have an orc uh, in a very wah like pose, and I have a gold dragon. And I believe on uh, your side of the aisle, you got a, a dwarf and a wizard. A dwarf and a wizard. I really, I dude, the picture for the dwarf coaster is is my favorite. Yeah, I really like the dragon. The dwarf one is definitely my favorite, though. He's got that fucking double-bladed battle axe. Yeah. You know? That classic. 
Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have to Instagram the shit out of these. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. And then uh, my buddy Sam just came back from London, and he got me a fine goblet that you could only find in London and or Spencer Gifts. And it is a uh, a, a goblet made I, of pewter, I think. Yeah, that's about right. With, I think you're selling it short. I th- I'm convinced that those are real rubies. They probably are. Yeah. That's by the way, you're about to make fun of the hand that's about the size of my hand. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think my hand's a little bigger. All right, thumb to thumb. You could yeah. If you were wearing a glove, yeah. it would look like that. Yep. So there's a it's like a goblet being held by, by a manly fucking hand. Like an armored hand. No, okay, armored. That's cool. <laughs> oh, sorry, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, a goblet being held by an armored hand and as the user of this drink contraption, you hold the wrist of the hand that's holding the goblet. The wrist of the hand that's holding the goblet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to use this as my fumble chalice because I have probably about a double shot in here. So I'm going to have to get my hands on something like that. You're going to have to get your hands on the hand around the chalice. I would prefer, so you have something regal and sophisticated. You know what I would like to do? I would like to take a cup from one of the homeless gentlemen that we see on the FDR that he uses to collect change, snag that from him, empty it out, don't even clean it. (laughs) Just empty it and put it on the table, and that's what I put my fumble drink in. There you go. I like that. Uh, Another big change that we're going to start with this episode and I think everyone, regular listeners probably know this already, but basically the recording schedule that we have is uh, we record our gameplay session. And the gameplay session goes anywhere from three to five hours. We then chop that up into roughly one hour bits. Uh, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And we attach it to these fine intros that we're recording right now. And then what we do is on the end of the intro, we'll go back in and we record like a post-game show uh, of the gameplay that you just listened to. And in our minds, that makes sense because by the time we get around to recording our outros, our post-game shows, it's been three weeks since we've listened to the gameplay. So for us, it makes sense to smarten up the listeners, that's you, about what we just played but we don't realize in the moment that you've just listened to it it probably doesn't make sense for us to recap what you literally just listened to if this was like a terrestrial radio show where you could tune in that would probably make more sense like you might have missed the gameplay so let's listen to us talk about what we just did because it's a podcast and you listen on demand well I see I, I would think listeners would have no problems for an extra 5 to 10 minutes of hearing your silky smooth voice that's true but in, in the effort of a concise I show. I want to be a part of it. Dice and pies. Oh, baby, big and Not a dice and pipe show unless you sing. Well, you have I to sing. sing. I must You're sing. compelled to sing. I must sing. And working on very limited sleep. That I, and let me just, as, a, as an Italian and a huge fan of Frank Sinatra, that was... Nailed it. That was a beautiful rendition of uh, New York, New York. Uh... What other songs has he sung? Oh, wow. My Way? Um, it's My Way or the Highway. No, I don't think that's how they no. went, but could uh, Luck Be a Lady? Ah. Uh, 
Is that the look be a lady tonight? Uh, yeah, yep, that's yeah. it. How about right. uh, Lady is a Tramp? Ah, Lady is a Tramp. <coughs> we are Siamese, <laughs> if you please. No, no that's the. Dun, 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 dun. We are um, Siamese, if you don't please. D- Disney? Dun, dun. I don't think he's credited in the Disney movie for performing. Lady and the Tramp. The movie. Right. right. No, he's he did Lady and the Tramp, the song. Oh. Or Lady is a Tramp, rather. Now you have me confused. My lady is a tramp. Her dirty box gave me the clap. <laughs> that was like some like jazz bar slash clap. Uh, what's that style of music? Cla- not clap. Now you got me thinking <laughs> of the fucking clap. Uh, Anywho, uh, what do you want? More Frank Sinatra tunes? Summer Wind. That's a, that's a popular oh. one. Summer wind makes me feel fine. No, it's not a douche. Oh. We should move on from Frank Sinatra. Okay. Where were we even going with that? So, <coughs> I don't know. Get me out of here. So, I'm what are you trapped? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you're only going to drink from the goblet when you roll a one, which is also known as a fumble in the D&D world. Yes. Uh, what are you drinking today? Buchanan's. So, we're still in this bottle. Yep. I, you know what? I was just, I had to get in here and just start. So I grabbed the bottle that was literally closest to me. I haven't even packed my pipe yet, but I will be filling it. I have my Nording aromatic pipe. So today I will be doing uh, the uh, Brigadier Black Bull Run, which is like a, uh, almost like a one Q, like a honey, honey okay. vanilla. I don't think I've had that. It smells good. Can I smell yeah, it? Absolutely. Um, I'm smoking this new pipe. I'm very excited. Wow, this doesn't. Let me put it up to the microphone so you guys have yeah, to yeah, yeah. smell it. Smell a vision. That's the bag. ASMR. <laughs> yeah, it smells really good. I don't know why, but I haven't smoked. Well, I know why. It's just I think I've just ventured into different tobaccos now that I have not touched an aromatic in months. Yeah. In months. Um, I'm just trying to explore these different tobaccos. And, of course, I'm doing it in all these new pipes that I can't help myself from buying. In the matter of, from the Weeks. last episode that people listened to, yeah, well, I guess from, from one week to the next. Yeah, I bought two new pipes. Two pipes. Yeah. What, like uh, clay pipes, cobs? A couple of throwaways? No, two Savinelli's. Two Savinelli's. Why not? On clearance? One actually was. One was on clearance. I got it for cheap. I got it for Are they 7-L tampers? Is that what you meant to say? No, no, no. Whole whole pipes. The whole thing. The whole fucking kit and caboodle, as they say. Uh, by the way, I'm smoking. Uh, smoking. Ah, uh, yes. I, I'm fucking smoking over here. <laughs> uh, on the Dyson Pipes radio program, when you fuck up your words, you must roll a drinking saving throw. I'm a level three rogue now, right? So I roll with advantage. Yeah, but you probably, we don't know, we don't understand the rules. So Excuse well, you might as well roll five dice. Let's see. And add them up. And thank you, I rolled a five. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, scooch me. What I meant to say is I'm drinking the Hivas Regal. Oh. Very sophisticated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I'm smoking this beautiful, new, Savinelli Regimental Bent Bulldog. Uh, if anybody's interested, we'll put the picture up on uh, Instagram. Insta-chats. Right, Insta chats, Dyson pipes. Uh, it's a uh, it's a smooth um, six twenty four shape. 
really like it. I found a new packing method by happenstance on YouTube. You know how like usually you do that whole like I'm sorry, Brian looks like a f- fucking crackhead right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my char light. What's wrong? Okay. Uh, what did you just char light that with? My uh, Bic multi-purpose <laughs> flexible neck lighter. Good job. Um, so you know how uh, you typically pack the pipe with that whole three-stage mm-hmm. packing method. So I, I fucking just found myself watching a video on the Frank method. I'm like, Frank? Like Frank Castle? Like what does he fucking like push your eyeballs into the bowl and light away? And it's, it's pretty interesting. I've now done it twice, and it, and it actually works really well. You just sprinkle, mind you, if you're out there. Um, you, you take your tobacco. You hold it over the bowl. This, it's kind of messy, so you might want to do this over like some sort of plate. Like or a tobacco a, uh, tray? Like a tray. So you, just, you take a little tobacco. You sprinkle it over the bowl, and you just let whatever falls into the bowl up to the, uh, the top of the bowl. You just let that kind of settle in. And then with your free hand, so you hold the pipe with one hand, with your free hand, you grab a pinch of tobacco that's about wide enough or the same width as the bowl, and you put it over the bowl, and then with your thumbs, as you place it on the bowl, with your thumbs, you just kind of work around the circumference of the bowl, gently, gently stuffing the tobacco into the bowl and periodically removing whatever excess tobacco you have from the outer rim, right? Whatever's not fitting within the, uh, the diameter of the bowl. And eventually what you'll end up doing is you'll have a like loose kind of fill of tobacco on the bottom and then a plug of tobacco on the top. And then you light away. You fucking smoke it like you usually do. You char light it and tamp it down and then true light it and smoke. And it's pretty good. It's It doesn't change it a lot, but you definitely can tell the difference in the smoke. Hmm. So if anybody's interested, go to YouTube, look up the Frank method and packing a pipe. And pipe pack. Pipe, pipe packing with Frankie. Piping with Frank. Hmm. Frank's probably dead. He was some fucking German. No, no, no. He's probably still alive. Okay. I mean, a guy who packs a pipe like that, come on. Lives forever. Yeah. Matches. You okay? I think Brian's stuck. Yes. You sounded like the outro for uh, November Rain. <laughs> uh, we've been watching him on YouTube a lot. What a delight. He is. He really he is, is a delight. Um, He's a fine fella. We watched one of his live streams. Not live. We watched it uh, previously recorded. Mm-hmm. <sighs> What's wrong? Nah, it was fine. You know, I'm I'm actually the one thing that I am disappointed in with that is um the fact that he does not begin his live stream with his general matches introduction. I mean that is his calling card. Exactly. So it should be done anytime that he gets either behind a microphone or behind a camera. So <clears throat> We have, uh, you have Chivas. You have what kind of tobacco you got over there? Oh, I'm sorry. This is that Orango uh, Balkan Supreme. Orangotang. Orangotang. Yes. Is it fresh from the zoo? No, not quite. Not quite. Orango? That's the company. Have, have we smoked this on the show before? 
I can't remember if we smoked it based on the amount of alcohol intake mm-hmm. that's taken place in the past. I want to say no, because I, I picked up this... Have I smoked this pipe on the show before? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I, I think only smoked this during gameplay, but I didn't mention anything about it. And I bought this tobacco when I bought this pipe. So we probably have not smoked this on the show. It is a Balkan. It is very smooth. Um, if you're into Balkans, this is a highly rated Balkan on uh, TobaccoReviews.com. Ah. Jimmy Inks says so. And if Jimmy Inks fucking says it, then I'm in. I'm in. His word is like gospel. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm waiting. I I, I cannot wait for when our very own mm-hmm. Clyde von Helwind starts reviewing the tobaccos. That is going to be a lot of fun. Well, he has created a profile on TobaccoReviews.com, correct? Okay. Um, now all we're waiting for is our very own whiskey sommelier to uh, start reviewing whiskeys. Well, what website would you go to for that? The, you know, there isn't one that, I, that I've that i found. Yeah. TobaccoReviews.com seems to be like the, the, the consensus forum for looking up tobaccos and seeing what's out there and trying to get like an understanding as to, you know, what the tobacco is um, rated at. Yeah. You know, um, cigars, right? You would look at the, uh, whatever you call those, those cigar Bibles. You go to the store, you end up buying the book and it, kind of helps you rate the cigar on the... Because they use a scale from 0 to 100. Right. right? Yeah, whiskey, I don't know of... Uh, or just alcohol in general. I, I don't know of a, of a website, like a standard that you would go to to find, like, whiskey ratings. Yeah, there's, uh, there's like, online emporiums where you can leave reviews of things, but there's nothing where it's, it's like, an aggregate dedicated to just mm. reviews. Like, uh, they're, they're, like, storefronts, basically. Right. Um, I have to drink faster, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, don't let me stop you. No, I'm just trying to get smashed. So by the time we record the third episode, I almost want to be laying in this trunk over here. Back into outer space. Mm. Yeah, so. <clears throat> yeah, stay tuned. Look for, uh, I guess his uh, his tag will be Clyde Von Hellwind on tobaccoreviews.com. I would uh, think so. Yeah. I would think in the coming weeks, right, you're going to start to see reviews popping up. Um, and also, uh, around the same time, look, uh, I think Clyde is interested in starting a giveaway. So, Oh. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to look out for that. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I guess we're looking around like our six-month anniversary. Yes. About uh, six months. So, yeah, somewhere thereabouts on our six-month anniversary, uh Clyde is stepping forth in the shadows, you know, as probably the best staffer that we have. He's the most professional. Yeah, I think we both can agree on that. Um, I am interested in seeing how the populace at large enjoys his reviews of tobacco. Uh, You all right? What's going on? I don't know if it's like me being tired, but like... This cord is like, wait, I feel like the left side of my head is heavier than the right side. You know, you do look a little lopsided from where I'm sitting. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like tilted. No, that's the funny thing. The other way. I look, maybe because I'm overcompensating. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. I'm you look have... like a dog who's heard a very loud whistle. Huh? <laughs> huh? <laughs> uh... So uh, I think that's enough housekeeping, right? Uh, we're going we're gonna to change the back half of the show to pretty much just 
say goodbye unless there's something we need to talk about. Right. On the Warhammer side of things, it makes a little more sense because we're still learning the rules. And uh, while we do like the game, boy, do we have a problem I fucking hate with that the book. game. I hate that book. It, it is it is the the most fun I've had hating something. Yeah. If that makes any sense at all. I find it bizarre that I would highly recommend getting the game. Yeah, I despise the book. Until they agree to change the book, I'm not speaking anymore. All right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the funny. See what I'm doing? I'm pretending like you're having a conversation with me, so I'm just responding to your fake conversation. Mm-hmm. Now we sound like most podcasts. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me sound like most podcasts. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's awesome. What is it, girl? Is Jimmy in the is Jimmy in the well? Oh, you want the book? Okay, here you go. This book? Oh, okay. This yep, here you go. Alright, so <clears throat> I guess I'll and then Chris opened the book and desperately started. I've just gotten word from Games Workshop. Ah. That they will not be re-releasing the book. I, I can't not talk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was, that was a publicity stunt, and <laughs> it just went fucking horribly south. The Dice of Pipes radio program would like to apologize to the following people. <laughs> Games Workshop. Ulysses America. Savinelli. Midgets. Barry! We will not apologize to Barry. There he is. You know what I love about Barry? What's that? Is he starts walking with determined purpose. Mm-hmm. Determined purpose. Determined purpose. Define determined. It's like determined, but right, more right. intense. But a more intense version of being determined. All right, I get it. I'm just trying to ask the questions here. Right? That's what we do here on Dyson Pipes. Is it a one? Is that, it a one? That is an eight. Wow. Okay. Hold on, because I need to refill. I drank when you had a roll. I, I don't understand why I did that. That's not in the spirit of the game. Excuse me. Yes. I found... What's that? A turtle. On the side of my house. Right over there. By the by, the north balcony, or the. I just want to remind people that we're in the west cabin. We're in the west cabin, east balcony. It would be the east balcony. Where where? Wait, hold on. So where was this turtle? So see it was, where the red stones are. Yes, uh, right over there. And he was. How many legs did it have? What? Legs. Four. So you saw the legs. But were they like like flippers? I don't know. I don't think so. But you said it had four legs. Well, I, I'm okay. I'm assuming it had four legs. Oh, okay. So you saw this turtle. Yeah. Or tortoise. 
whatever. Yeah. So a turtleortis was on the what red. What the fuck stone. is happening right now? I'm just trying to confirm whether or not it was a turtle or a tortoise. Aren't they different? Uh, this is what I learned the uh, last night, by the way. So wait a second. I'm so sleep deprived. This is okay. Horrendous. So I yes. find a, a turtle. What kind is a turtle? The one that has legs. So a tortoise does not have legs. No, it's got like webbed front feet. So feet with no legs. I think. That's what I was told. <laughs> it has like webbed feet. Web what? A webbed feet. Webbed? Webbed. Yeah. Yeah. Webbed. <laughs> A fucking one. Why not? Excuse me. Wait. I drink twice. Yeah. No go. Fuck me, man. This is the first. We're only 100 hours in. Fucking episode. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. It's good. This is a disaster. Hold on. I got number two. I don't have to do number two. I already did number two. Oh, we never talked about what I ate on the way home from our 30-hour shift. Okay. All right, let's get to that in a minute. Let's wrap up the tortoise conversation. So you see this turtle. I or see tortoise, a sh- whatever a shelled, the fuck it is. I see a shelled creature. Okay, you see a, sh- a shelled creature. A what? Sally sells. Well, I was fuck. saying it to make. Yeah. Um. Nineteen. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> so you see a turtle. <laughs> yes. In your property, what do you do with it? Uh, the kids wanted to keep it. I'm like, no, we Can't have fish. We have a dog. Like this is this is getting crazy. So we picked it up. We brought him right over here to where uh, I usually pee at night. Oh, okay, good. I brought him over to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) So it's high in ammonia. I think turtles like ammonia. Uh, Why do you know so much about turtles? And yet know nothing at the same time. You know, it's funny you ask. It's the the reason why I'm I'm such an advocate for turtles. I have a lot of knowledge for turtles Uh is because uh, when I decided to move up in this area, my my neighborhood was delayed for like over two years because of apparently some fucking sacred turtle. Yeah. And Which and it's you were kind enough to rub in my face yes. and buy me a turtle-shaped cutting board. Which I still have in my kitchen. I was about to ask. Oh, dude, that thing has not left. It is it is right next to the um the cabinet that I frequent a lot because the cabinet stores my alcohol. Right. Um so it's like right underneath that. Good. Just hanging out. So I'm reminded every single time I go into the kitchen to get a drink, I see the turtle. I know that I could have moved up here two years. So that's what I was going to ask you. It delayed you by two years. By about two years. And not only did it delay you by two years, but because of the fuckery that happened, you ended up having to live in a hotel for... Thank you. Thank you. Like two months? I had to prolong... that? Yeah, I stayed in a hotel for two months. I had to stay in the city for an extra year and then stay in a hotel for two months when my lease was up. Right. Now, as uh, your fine friend, I, I remember when you were up here, you moved up here in the hotel in... In between Christmas and New Year's, right? Yeah, yeah. It was the heart of winter. Right. Because I had you and uh, your, your lovely bride come over to the house for a New Year's Eve dinner. Yes. Because I didn't want you, you were going to eat a pizza in the fucking hotel room. I was going to have a hot pocket. Oh, in what the hotel. Kind? I like pepperoni. Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then a mere few months, a uh, few weeks later, you're in your house mm-hmm. and the same nice gesture was added to by giving you this turtle, thusly yes. reminding you of the two years of misery you went through. No, we suffered. <laughs> we definitely suffered. So anytime I hear turtle, uh-huh. I get 
I get the douche chills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sweating right now just thinking about this. A little upset about the turtle Very situation. Very upset. I got gotcha. you. Very upset. I'm also... We're, we're how long into this, by the way? I'm, I'm also a little buzzed already. You're hitting it heavy. Yeah. Yeah. You're hitting it heavy. Well, we have a fine gameplay session lined up for everyone today. Uh, Contrary to this opening. No, I think this is one of our better ones. You think so? I'm putting a st- stamp of approval on this son of a bitch. Good, good. Uh, the gameplay is going to have thrills, chills, and spills, but, but before we get into the gameplay, I would like to propose a toast. Yes. This toast goes out to those fine people out there that stand very close to me in line. In line? On, a, on an average week. How often do you find yourself standing in a line of some kind? Three times. Right at the food store, the gas station. Right. Um, post office. Yeah, 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 yeah. Post office. You find yourself in a line. Right. Let me ask you a question. Okay. How much space do you leave between yourself and the person in front of you? I would say my uh, my zone of comfort is is probably three to four feet. Okay, and and I look at that not because I have a problem being on top of people. I look at that as a safety issue. Okay, if somebody that, fucks with me, any moment the attack is coming. Yeah, three yeah. to four feet without weapons, that that gives me enough room to break somebody's jaw. Okay, right. If I have to, so you're like one arm's length plus like a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be outside of arm's length. Let me ask you this, mm-hmm. and. Don't start judging me until I finish. Now I'm judging you. What I'm, is it mm-hmm. with the Euro trash people? Euro trash. We're just going right there. That have to stand with their scrotaculum mm-hmm. up against the small of my back. So you were in like the Czech Republic? No, this is the, oh. the, the multinational gas station that I frequent. On the way home from work. Oh. How do you know they're Euro trash? The way they talk. There's European people. Okay. And these are fine people. They're normal people. So these people have a particular accent now that... No. I mean, they just sound like they're European. They're Euro trash because they're standing on top of me. So and despite my greatest efforts to make them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. it is nigh effective. So it's not working? No. I'll purposely back up into them. I'll purposely go for my wallet, and instead of just grabbing my wallet like a normal person, you I bump do their the, junk. the chicken wing elbow, okay. trying to get, like, oh, this is the hardest wallet I've ever had to get to in my life. <laughs> uh, I'll turn around suddenly. I'll just spin around, and my, I'll shoulder check them. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Didn't see and you there. And they right back up onto me. So they take, like, a half step back. And then resume. Yep. They, they reinstate themselves where they previously were. Okay. It is completely unnecessary. I don't like it. Why do you think they do it? I don't fucking know. Maybe you smell good. Mm, nah. I'm trying to get a sniff. Now, when you identify these people as Euro trash, like, do they speak with like an accent? They're like, good day, governor. I'd like to buy me a pack of smokes. No, they're like, a burska, burska, derber, derber, wooden shoes. They're like that kind of shit. Uh, and it, it fucking drives me crazy. My ears are sweating. 
Your ears are sweating. It's not even that hot out today. My head is hot. I had to, I had to rub my headphones on my nipples, <laughs> which I'm not going to lie. It kind of felt good. Yeah, yeah, stimuli. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. So continue. Yeah, they drive me fucking crazy. They drive me fucking crazy. So, so you're at the gas. Let, let, let's just paint the picture for the people out there. You're at the gas station. Wait, before I feel like I'm being judged, and before we go uh, any further, well, they're, they're not. They're not judged by judged by the listeners. I don't know. Judged by me? You're you're a good barometer. They're not Europe. They're not Euro trash because they're from Europe. Good day, governor. They're Euro trash because they're European people that are standing on top of me. So you have experience. You've been to Europe numerous times where you've been in, in, a, in a... No, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to fill the gap here. I'm just trying to understand. Don't try to speak from a position of authority. No, I've never been to Europe, so I'm trying and to... And neither have, have I. Oh. You, you've watched videos of Europeans that like to stand very close to people. No. But okay. I don't see... Um, don't, you've heard stories. Your, see, your friend Sam, God right? God damn it! I don't see hot-blooded Americans doing this. It's these fucking European people. So Sam filled you in when he just got back from London that when he was online at the boutique store to buy the goblet. Did that you know that in France, mm-hmm. French people will not communicate in English unless you attempt to speak in French yes. first? Yeah, because they're cunts. <laughs> okay. Fuck. They are French people. Fucking cunts. They are part of the I reason. I told him, I was like, just put your fists up and they'll run away. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> will. <Chocolate bleu. laughs> Uh, let, uh, don't start me on the front. So what you're saying, yes. what, I, uh, what I think you're putting down and I'm picking up, mm-hmm. is that Euro trash might be too wide of a net. These are French people that are doing this. Yes. These are French Americans. Yeah, you gotta watch out for these motherfuckers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fought in the general direction. <laughs> of course I'm a French. Listen to my ridiculous accent. Monty Python. Yes. Your mother smells of elderberries. So French people. So my toast actually is French people. Is yeah, that yeah. what I'm learning right now? Yeah, you might as well just fucking run the gamut. They're responsible for Vietnam. They were cowards during the Revolutionary War. Okay, so we've established who. Now let's talk about the what, yeah. which is standing on top of me. So why? Why do they do that? Have you not experienced this? Because I'm feel I'm getting the no, I'm, feeling. I'm kind of blown away by this. See, and and the problem is, um, only you. Uh, you're you're like one of the few people that I know that actually goes into the gas station. So, like, when I go in and well, stand, I, I really I only go into the gas station uh-huh. to. <laughs> uh huh. To mo- maliciously <laughs> squirt nacho cheese <laughs> on the countertop. <laughs> let, let me. <laughs> So I, I didn't. I did not know. Uh, let me tell this story really quick. So I, I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know that you had such an obsession with this uh, when we met. But when for the for those of you listening, um, if you don't know already, Brian and I commute together to work. Um, there is in a there, there's a place that occasionally we like to stop at on the way home. It is a gas station, and attached to the gas station has a bodega. Within this bodega, they have an amazing. Amazing section where you can buy, uh, you know, those hot dogs. I'm sure people have seen it. They have it at 7 Eleven, they have it at gas stations. Those hot dogs that are on like the, the, the rollers, rollers and it just heats the hot dogs. They could be there for like, it, it's like the hot dog purgatory, right? They, they've been there forever. 
There's no date on right. anything. Yeah. So you don't know how long they've been fucking roasting under the, the heat lamps. But they also have like nachos and empanadas and shit like that. Well, in this station, they have an, a, a, an, an eclectic um, uh, conglomerate of mm. condiments. A cornucopia. A cornucopia, if you would. One of them being nacho cheese. And Brian is obsessed. And I don't want to name the place because I don't want any of the uh, the fine folks, even though they probably don't speak English, but I don't want any of the fine folks out there to know that it, it is the cast members of the Dyson Pipes podcast. But Brian has a knack for going in, going right to the nacho station, waiting <laughs> until... Uh, and, and here's the thing. Do you say the ghost is clear or the coast is clear? The coast is clear. Exactly. So you wait until the coast is clear. Stop. Time out. Let's take a quick time out. Who says the ghost is clear? I think more people than those who say the coast is clear. I think retards <laughs> can't differentiate between sounds, which is something that you learn in like kindergarten, and they say the ghost is clear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Proceed. And I was kind of nervous because I know you're into the paranormal. I thought you were going to say the ghost is clear, and then that was going to open up an entirely new no, you, direction. You weren't hoping I didn't think that. You were hoping I did think that so that we could have that discussion. You son of a bitch. You're, you're 100% <laughs> correct. You are right. You are right. Long story short, so Brian likes to wait until the coast is clear, no employees are around, and then squeezes the fucking nacho cheese out of the machine onto the little catch tray at the bottom, and then walks away. Yep. Every time we go. There's a a reason. It's not like I'm just a dick. Really? Yeah. Please, elaborate. Because it is the only... I want you to tell me. Frenchmen work there. (laughs) These French fucks. Motherfuckers. Fire the missiles! But I'm late tired. Well, then take a nap. Then fire the missiles! You mean to tell me you've never had a bad experience waiting in line to purchase your goods? Every time I go there. Every time, it. right. At that store? Every time. Every time. And every, time. every time I go there, people are a close fucking stander. Thank you. To the point where it starts to make me sweat. Yes, there is a nexus of evil in that store, and the only recovery fire that I have is dropping a wad of cheese. Yes. Which is Hot molten cheese. That that is a a fair and justified salvo across the bow. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, it, it is human nature. It is just within the the human order that you know if you are facing in a direction and stump and 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 you know you have another human being. Why are you looking at me like that? Yeah. All right. No, you. you no, no, you no. I was yourself. about to say somebody. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I missed. Fucking kidding me! I rolled another one. Come on, dude! I swear to God, you roll. Uh, listen, 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 listen. I rolled. Not only did I roll another one, but then when I fucking slammed the table in anger, it rolled from the one to an eleven to really fucking rub it in my eye. One eleven. Fucking hate you. I gotta get new dice. Your rolling capabilities suck on the Dungeons and Dragons edition suck. of this radio program. Suck terrible. So, no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to lament here. Hold okay, on. I'm sorry. Okay, round two. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> um. So it is. You are moving at like a thousand miles an hour. I I, I, I can't. I can't. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. I don't know what's happening. I don't know. My ears are sweating. 
I'm very excited. You're sitting here I, talking. I you rolled that one. You paused, and now you're at like light speed. I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I'm good to go. Good to go. Good to go. <laughs> there is something within the human element that understands when somebody is just standing way too close to you, yes. and I feel it. There is an energy at that fucking gas station right. bodega. And you've been there when I fuck with the people standing too close to me. Oh yes, a half and step back, a quick turn of the shoulder, a stretch, and, you're, oh, and a you're sudden pop to the side of their face because I'm stretching all yes. of a sudden. Yes. And so I'm with you. No recourse. They just whoosh, right back up. Yes. So why? That's the fundamental question. I, I don't know why people are comfortable invading other people's space. It's a cultural and, thing. It's got to be a cultural thing. I think it's a rude thing. Americans love other Americans, but don't fucking stand next to me. <laughs> no, well, let's, let's <laughs> slow that down. Americans love other Americans. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Okay. Yes. I love my fellow man. I am what some would consider a humanitarian. You are a philanthropist. Yes. I, I have seen you're, you're very giving. No, I don't dig up dinosaur bones. I wouldn't go that um, far. No. But I do love uh, my fellow man. You don't dig up dinosaur bones. Huh? You, you don't. Huh? Yeah. What? You a, call it, a philanthropist. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I'm not looking for like. Temples and shit underground. I uh, like people. Oh, okay. So you would be a philanthropist? No, no, no. No. Is there like a joke here that I don't get? A, you, you, you're you're currently referring to yourself as an archaeologist. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. So you're one for the people. You like to give back to the people. You consider that... I am like uh, Robin of Loxley. Except with emotions. With emotions. I take, the sh I take the chains of love and remove them from people with a lot of love and give it to the downtrodden. That's what I do. So you find people that have a lot of love. You remove love from them. With a big needle. Yeah. So with the syringe, you yes. inject them... Remove e the love. Them. I eject. Oh, you eject. Yeah. I'm sorry. You eject the love. I egress their love. So there's a lot of aggressing here as an archaeologist, as you put it. Yeah, I'll hold them down against their will if I have to. You do? Okay. Um, and then inject right. probably against their will. Yes. Well, why not? Love. love right. Quote, unquote, love. Right. So you're injecting people. Like our, like our, like our friend Fisto. So coming up on the gameplay today, what are we doing? Oh, anyway, yeah. so to the French Euro trash oh, that's staying too close to me. Yes. Cheers. So. <sighs> All right. Let's... Uh, Nine in the morning, I'm half drunk. <laughs> Let's talk some D&D. &D. Fuck my life. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. All right, the path is clear. All right, great. Um, I'm uh, I'm gonna wait for you near the entrance of the mine, and by sunrise we'll get you out of here, and then I'll open up this path again. If anyone asks, uh, it's being checked for stability, the the cave entrance. Okay, and we want to keep everyone away in case there's a cave in. All right, and if for some reason I don't return by sun up, just Leave. Okay. All right. It was good seeing you, friend. Yeah, you too. 
I gave him a little pat on the shoulder. You know, he's much taller. So yeah. I kind of like pat down on his pauldrons. Yes. All right. And we head in to the cave. Okay. So I'm going to make... Um, going to make my way back to the room where the uh, the water was that I went through yep. that ended up where the portal was. Um, still accessible? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, so I step into the water. Can, okay. Does it take me to... Yeah, so when you step in, uh, Citadel comes with you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you uh, you feel like you're falling. You feel that weird feeling again. And you end up back in this um, white marbled floating in nothingness chamber. All right. I feel like the last time I was here, not that I was rushed, but I feel like I didn't like focus on what was going on. So mm-hmm. I, I just want to do, <clears throat> excuse me. So I'm going to look around. The way that you described it, as I walked down, there were like these statues. So the room that you come in, uh, the portal that you use. How do I explain this? Let's start from where Citadel was. Okay. Because that's the easiest frame of reference I have. So if you were to come through this portal and appear in this room, you walk, you're just kind of walking around. If you were standing where Citadel originally was, which is on the far end, it's a long, narrow floor with pillars here or there. Some of them broken, some of them intact. No ceiling. And you're just floating in this iridescent nothingness. Chunks of earth and rock and other things can be seen floating around, slightly spinning in the distance. So where Citadel was standing, he was in front of this portal on the ground behind him. So there's there's a portal at the back end where Citadel was standing. He was just standing in front of it. Then directly to the left and right are four portals, two on each side. And this pathway continues towards stairs that lead up. Where the stairs are, just before going to the stairs, going up, are four more portals. These portals are all in the ground. The liquid is flush to the floor. So it's not like a like a, a standing pool. It's not like it dips down and you have to drop down into it. It is flush with the floor. Okay. Going up the stairs brings you into like a circular-shaped room. And the walls of this room are like archways. Broken, run down, but you can see that it used to be archways. In this room are three portals. If you were going up the stairs, there's one on the right, one on the left, and then a big one at the back. Before every portal is a statue of some humanoid-looking being holding weapons or a scepter or a book. Uh, very artsy-fartsy-looking right. statues. Uh, very, like, renaissance You know, my, uh, statue of David Okay, kind of look. Um, and that's pretty much it. The portal that you use to come in, if you were looking at the circular room, uh, would be the one on the left. So that was the mine. Yes. That pool is illuminated, and you can see, if you remember, in the room of the mine in Hexley, there's a circle of purple torches around the room. Right. Looking into the pool in this abyssal ruin, you can see those torches kind of flickering in that water. Okay. 
the rest of the pools are strictly black. Right. Can you just show that to me really quick? Uh, so Citadel was at the top. Citadel was up here. Standing in front of this statue. Wait, which one are you pointing at? Okay. Okay. I got it. All right, so what I'm going to do is... So I just came out of this porthole, this portal. If I look to the left, it would be where Citadel was. You see the stairs going down. Right. And then that long hallway. At the end. And at the end was Citadel facing you. And to my right is where the large portal is. Yes. All right. So I, I... Turn to Citadel. Do you know where these are connected to? They're connected to portals in the old world, but I don't remember which ones lead where. Okay. Who put you here? The Traveler. He stowed you here to one day come back? Yes. Okay. So only you and the Traveler can go through the portals? Yes. Nobody else? I don't believe so. He built the portals. So since you were put here, the only person that you've ever seen step into this this area has been myself. Yes. Okay. And my previous traveler. Right. Where is your previous traveler? I don't know. And I raise my hands. Did your previous traveler, he had these gauntlets? Yes. Okay. They're part of his armor. Right. His wife made them. Have you met his wife? No. He kept her safe. Have you ever heard stories about her? Of course, yes. What did she look like from the stories? The Traveler thought she was beautiful. She, uh, she had long pointed ears. Very thin. And he would always talk about how she would never age. Okay. But she had a connection to, uh, the old gods. And that's how she was able to forge this armor. Through their divine intervention the traveler was very religious I see so I I, I turn to the larger portal and I just I put my hand in it is it like a deep body of water no so it just it's very shallow yeah alright so I step on it and it obviously it does nothing nothing nope so I look to Citadel and I say these portals have to be activated from the other side it seems Yes, once the Traveler turned them on, with the help of his wife, he could travel, hence his name, he could travel from one place to another without being detected. Uh, He he feared his son and the persecution that he may face. So he created, him and his wife created these portals, and something happened, they put me here, they separated me from my brethren, and... One by one, he shut the portals down and told me that one day he would be back. All right. Have you ever been to the Keska Gorge? And I show him on a... You know, he might not know the name, right? Because, right. So, yeah. uh, you know, on a map, I, I pull out a map and I show him uh, where the Keska Gorge is. I say it's on the other side of this uh, this mountain range that we're currently in. I've never been there, but that's where the Traveler hides his armor. It was there and in the swamp. That's where you got your, your gauntlets. Right. The rest of the armor is probably there. And that's, yeah, that, that's where we're headed. <clears throat> the two of us. Okay. All right. Have you spoken to the old gods? No. About what? Well, that's what the armor does. What allows you to communicate with the old gods? Yes. I've been hearing whispers. As the old gods. 
Right, but I probably can't fully understand them since I'm not donning the entire set of armor. Yeah, probably. But you have to be careful. In what regard? Well, the human mind wasn't meant to speak to God. So, I remember the, the former traveler was always concerned that his mind was breaking. Mm. Okay. Strange things would happen to him sometimes. He would see hallucinations or he, uh, he would feel like he was under the effect of some bewitchment that wasn't real. And when he, when he completed the old God's will, th that would alleviate. But then the old God would ask him for something else. And then he would feel the suffering again. And every time it seemed like it got a little worse. Did he ever try taking off his armor? I don't recall ever seeing him without it. Okay. I don't want to scare you, though. I mean, these are divine. It's for a higher purpose, I believe. Right. And my people believed it. How many of your kind were there? I don't know. We were forged in a vacuum. Do you remember others? Yes. But you feel that you're the only one who survived? I see no evidence of other, any other of my kind. The, 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 the ones who made me are probably still around. The people that made me were born of flying worms. They could breathe fire. Or some could breathe acid, lightning. Beautiful creatures that could fly. All different colors. But that wasn't on... <clears throat> excuse me. That wasn't on Debrin. Originally, yeah. That's where you and were made. He points to House Dragon Watch on your map. Okay. Over in this area. Okay. Do you remember in Esther Hoffland? No, I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. Who's that? Another vision that I had of an old woman in a rocking chair. And where you. From. From House Dragon Watch. A dream or from. No, no dream. It was from the old gods? Correct. That she, this person, is linked somehow either to the traveler or to the old gods. All right. Well, I think our first mission is to, uh, we're going to go to Keska Gorge. We're going to retrieve the armor. And then I have an Imperial mission that will square away. And then we'll see if, uh, what we can do as far as getting to, uh, Dragon Watch. When we originally came in the mine, wasn't there like a carving of a map right where the different portal locations were? Yes. I knew you were going to ask that. That's why I was actually pulling that up because I yeah. knew that question was coming. All right. So uh, I'm going to step back. I said, all right. Uh, there's nothing, I ask him, there's nothing that you left behind here that you need, correct? No. Okay. No. But if, if you want to plan a route, remember, time almost stands still while we're here. Well, what I want to do is actually head back into the mine to examine um, the map where it shows where these portals actually are in the world. So I say, unless there's anything that you need from here, which it seems like there isn't, let's uh, let's go back. All right. So you uh, you float through this this weird iridescent liquid, and almost like you're weightless for minutes. It seems like you're floating, and you reemerge back in this cavern. Okay. All right, so then we uh, we make our way through the mine back to that room. It wasn't the same it was, room. It was in the room, yeah, where it the was. portal was. Okay, yeah, where that like the that secret wall. door was. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. So I want to take a look at that. The locations when we take a look at the map of Debrin. Mm -hmm. How many 
There's obviously the one in the mine. There's the main one under the Imperial Capital. How many total are there just on Debrin? Four. Four. And you said the room that we were just in had one section where there were four, and then another section where there were four, four, and three. So there's a total of 15. Okay. So four are on Debrin. Yes. The room that I popped out of, that circular where the larger one was to my right, that had four? That had three. All right. So it's not broken down by continent from at least what I could see. There was, um, there's a portal near Keska Gorge. Do you have the map in front of you? Yes. I'm looking okay. at it now. That'll make it easier. There's one portal in Hexley, one in the Imperium. There's one in Windspell Forest. Um, that which is north, right? Yep. Windspell. Okay. And there's one in Steel Star Ridge. I'm sorry. Where uh, where can I find Steel Star? Uh, in the west. Somewhere along the Black Hollow. Tunnels. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. We'll uh, we'll make our way out of the mine. Okay. I you know I take yeah <clears throat> notes obviously I draw it on my map. Um, all right, so after we, uh, yeah, after we leave the mine, I take it we're still under the uh, cover of darkness. As yeah, they say. I mean, if you made your way through the mine with any expediency, right, you've probably only been in the mine for a total. Because remember, the time stands still in the portal. You've probably only been in there for less than an hour. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because I figured there really isn't much to do in the mine anyway. I just wanted to orient myself with that map, make sure that I didn't fuck up, and realize that I cannot access the portals until they're turned on from the other side. But now I'm interested to see like what the breakdown is, which, you know, that'll only come with time. So, all right, so we leave the mine and our journey begins to Keska Gorge. All right. Um, are we going to stop and talk with uh, Alvord or Whitmore? You know, uh, looking at the map, it seems like th- this is going to be a, it, it's, it looks like it's going to be a pretty long journey, right? So I think think yeah we have a couple of options um we can either cut through the mountains which there are mountain passes from hexley heading toward Facepire. right we could circumnavigate the mountains down by fort Bogtrim and avoid the mountains altogether which would probably be an easier journey but take the same amount of time and and to be honest i think i would prefer i'd prefer to go through the mountain pass less people easier to get citadel okay to the other side so i'm, I'm definitely going to take the route of the mountain pass which then leads me to the next point i i have to go into hexley i need provisions obviously it's a mountain pass so i'm gonna have to get some you know warm weather gear cold weather gear for the cold weather yeah and it's, it's, spring is starting to break right but uh yeah you're still in the mountains right so it's gonna be a little harsher yeah uh and so i would imagine alvord would obviously see to it that you got whatever you needed okay yeah, so that would just be a quick little, uh, quick little hit in Hexley. All right. So uh, while you're in Hexley, you know you're uh, you're getting your equipment. You can't help but notice uh, posters hanging around that say Flint Strikers Adventure Academy. Come one, come all to Doctor David Flint Strikers Academy for aspiring adventurers. Learn to fight, hunt, and survive in the wilds of Debrin. Learn to lean on your strengths and market yourself as a traveling problem solver. With the right training, you too could make a fine living on the road. Wealth and adventure awaits. Join us at the academy located in the center of the city district, just south of the Smoking Stone Masonry. Lots of those posters hanging around as you're getting your provisions. I go up to one, I tear it off of the wall. Okay. 
uh, all right, I'm I'm going there. <laughs> I have to. I have to. I fucking it burned me that I didn't go the first time. You know, I was like, it just sounds it's like too good to be true. And hey, maybe I'll learn a couple of tips yeah. for the journey. That and that's the way Harrison starts justifying this. Like, look, this is an extremely important mission that he personally feels that he's on, but he's never hunted. Right. He's you know what I'm saying? Like he's not a ranger. He has no guide. Like Citadel, I think he feels if he points, Citadel will kill anything that he wants him to. Right, 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 right. Um but yeah, maybe he'll pick up a couple of tips to uh to make his way. Okay. So yeah, he's he's All right, so Harrison you, goes over there. You make your way over to uh yeah. this academy. It's uh, it's almost like a mansion. Like picture like Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Okay. Uh except it is in a complete state of disrepair. Uh Ceiling, uh, roof shingles falling, broken windows, overgrown shrubbery, um, battered siding, doors kind of hanging off the hinges. There's a fountain that once was there, but there's no water going through it anymore. It's kind of crumbling. Right. And as you kind of approach it, and while you're thinking, is this the right place? Here comes this dwarf in full plate mail, and he just (laughs) charges out. Oi! It's going on time for your lesson. Come on. And he grabs you by the arm and starts dragging you inside. We're going to make a fine fight out of you yet. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I try to like dig my heel in as the other one's kind of like yeah, quickly yeah, yeah. Yeah. trying to keep my balance. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. I'm Dave or Fleet Striker. I, I make you a right fighter. Come on. First lesson is fighting. Fist fighting with your fists. What, what gods gave you? Come on. Fist fighting. Let's go. Let's go to the sparring ring. Reluctantly, I follow this guy. All right. When you get inside, you see lots of large creatures' heads mounted on the walls, hmm. like hunting trophies almost. Right. Uh, you see what can only be described as like underground fighting ring awards and trophies, all made out to Dave or Flint Striker. This guy seems like he, he probably can fight, and right. he's dragging you along without much problem. He's like that that barrel chest. Right, right. Like a, like a, good, old, like a good old boy. Yeah, yeah. And he drags you to the middle of this fighting ring where there's a bunch of like stuffed dummies. And one of those, uh, like if you've ever seen like the Kung Fu movie where it's like a, a big piece of teak with like the little bars coming off and you like, yes, learn how to like one inch punch <laughs> that kind of shit. Right. And he's like, all right, let's see. Let's see what we got. And he just grabs your arms and starts squeezing your muscles. Oh, okay. All right. You ready to learn how to fight? I, I point back to the hole that we just came through. I'm like... You killed all those? I killed all bare hands. Maybe a dagger or two. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Let's get the fighting. Let's get the fighting right. Uh, but first, we need some liquid courage, eh? And he pulls out a bottle oh, no. of whiskey, pours two shots. There you go. Cheers. And he kind of slaps your glass and just downs it. You, I don't even know if you've done anything yet, but he's just acting like you're all in. I'm just totally bewildered. Okay. Well, if you're willing, you will spend the day... Training with Dave or Flint Striker. I, I feel like I'm going to take this guy up on his offer. Give yourself level one. Oh, finally made a man out of me. While you're doing that, uh, we don't have to do all of the mechanics yet, but right. just notate that you're at level one now. And I would say you, after the first day, you're like, oh, this guy actually knows what he's doing. And he spends the second day kind of teaching you how to fight, showing you some tricks, when to throw dirt in someone's eye, when to punch him in the throat, that right. kind of thing. When you're done, and you actually feel like you've learned something, he slaps you on the shoulder and says, Oh, you know, there's more of fighting than just your fists. If you want, we can move on to swords. 
You have swords? I have swords, axes, maces, morning stars, lances. Do you have crossbows? Sure. Do you have whiskey? I have all the whiskey you need. <laughs> all right, I say pour us, pour us a drink. All right. Uh, now he starts teaching you the finer arts of martial fighting. So now you're, you're hitting some of these dummies with swords. He's showing you how to arch your swing, how to double back, footwork to make sure you can stay in a defensive posture. Uh, he offers shields. He offers whatever you want to take, crossbows. Um, so now, if you're willing... Yeah, I'm not leaving. Okay. So we spend a couple of days yeah, yeah. doing this. I think I've got like the bug now. Give yourself level two oh. with proficiency in these weapons. He's got one lesson left, if you're willing. And that's dungeoneering and, uh, well, like survival, dungeoneering, survival, and making money. And then he promises you a graduation. Yeah, this is what I came for. So we're going all the way. Survival. So this one's not as exciting, Mm. but with Daver at the helm, you know, it's. He makes it fun. Oh, yeah. So we're learning about the mushrooms. Take the um, mushrooms, like these beardless bastards out in the wilderness eating these mushrooms. But don't eat this one. This one will give you the shites. Mm. You know, you can't eat that one. But, oh, you eat this one. These morals, these are delicious. Especially if you fry them up real nice in butter. Uh, then he starts talking about plants. Uh, listen, you eat the wrong mushroom. Sometimes you start shiting yourself. And then you get the burning ass. The ring of fire, they call it. You see this plant here? You take this plant. It's so soothing on the arse. You rub it right in, get in deep, you know. Get the oils, crack it up. Get the, get the deliciousness on you. And he talks about how to survive in the wilderness. He talks about this yellow mold that you encountered in the cave the first time. Right. And how deadly <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, then he spends some time talking to you about how to market yourself. Well, you, you know, you're walking into a town. You got to walk in. See how I got you in here? I got you right through the door. You didn't even ask me any questions. You know why? Because I got confidence. You walk into that town with confidence. You find the board with people asking for help and you help them. Figure out money later, you know? But it's all about getting the prestige. And when you get the prestige, then the next town already knows about you before you get there. He's giving you all this life advice. Give yourself another level. Oh. And then he has graduation. Like a ceremony. Yes. Uh, He handwrites the certificate. He misspells your name, but, you know, whiskey. You're okay with that. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, he gets a little emotional talking about how you're one of his favorite students. I... I look to my left and right. Uh, there's. A, it's also important to note that there's nobody at this ceremony. That, that's that's. He's, he, and, but he's still addressing the crowd. <laughs> you know. Good. Uh, but god damn it, he you learned a lot of shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. So, uh, he finishes the ceremony. He gives you a hug with a tear in his eye. He's like, you know, it's been a pleasure. Harrison, we, I, I really feel like we made we, we became close friends. And, you know, if you ever need anything while you're in Hexley, you know, absolutely come see me. We'll do. It's just a matter of the bill. Ah, uh, yes, the bill. So I taught you in fist fighting, uh, and then uh, martial weapons, and then survival. That's three classes. Uh, mm-hmm. Three lessons. So let me see. Three, carry the five. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18,000 gold, please. Excuse me? 18,000 gold. 18,000 gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't carry 18,000 gold in my pockets. Oh, that's okay. We can, we can go to the bank. Yep. 18,000 gold. God, I don't want to argue with this guy. I feel like he's going to rip my arms off. 
so I, I, you know, it's expensive making heroes. You know, it didn't always be this expensive, but you know, times are tough. Who's the the last hero uh, that you created? Um, well, this guy by the name of Lucas McCormick. I, I, I wasn't getting the people anymore, and he came through, and he started floating me business, and he gave me some money in exchange for lessons, and and then he stopped helping me, and now I'm, I'm in foreclosure. Um, he, he threatened to take over me business. I threw him out. It got real nasty. And now, you know. Wait, you trained him. He paid you. And then he was threatening to take over your business. Well, he offered to pay me in exchange for training. So once I trained him, the money never came. And I was in a tight spot. He ended up buying the place. Well, he's got an offer in with the bank. So I can't afford the place because nobody's coming in anymore. And all the money he was supposed to give me went to the bank. And so as soon as they, I miss any more payments, they're going to take it and they're going to give it to him. Well, how about this for payment? Since you dragged me in here against my will, we have no signed whoa, contract. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, whoa, hold on. We have no signed contract. You drank that. all me whiskey. <laughs> I didn't drink. You drank all your whiskey. I had some, some, some drips out of the bottom of your glass. Maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe you can go talk to him. and Maybe I talk to him and deal with the bank and make sure that this place doesn't fall out of your hands. Oh, that'd, that'd be great. You'd be a hero already. Okay. He lives in town? No, he was kicked out. Kicked out of town? Yeah, he got a bad reputation with the Baroness, and uh, he's never come back. He's in one of the small hamlets. Oh, on the outskirts? Yes. What was his name again? I'm sorry, sir. Uh, Lucas. Lucas McCormick. He lives in... Uh, last I knew, he lived in South Hexley. He, uh... The Baroness got crossed with him because he, uh... He, for he did the same gimmick that he did to me. And he had the bank foreclosed on this guy who had a fairly profitable bar. But the guy was, uh... You know, laying down with the Baroness from time to time. This McCormick was? No, the guy that oh, owned the his bar, owned bar. And he foreclosed on it. And she... She was hopping mad about that. Mm. Safe to assume there's one bank in town? Uh, I mean, the one that we normally deal with, yeah, it's, it's in the center, the town center. Okay. The first national bank of Hexley. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see what I could do for you. All right, and if anything else, you know, we, we'll just settle the 18,000 gold. Yes, yes. Not a problem. Either way, you know. Either way, you're getting paid. We're fast friends. You keep your business, or you're getting 18,000 gold. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. I, I learned a, a whole lot from you. I'm sure you did, and I look forward to seeing you again. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe tomorrow? Maybe by the end of the week. Uh, well, when's your next payment due? You said you're good up until your, uh, your next payment with the bank. I'm a little behind. Uh, I see. Not too many people coming in. Yeah. Well, you know, that's when you just go into a bar and help them without asking for payment. They're supposed to just throw their riches at you. Then you pay off your debt with the bank. Well, time is money, you know. Right, right. I'm still trying to fix this place up. You know, the old girl's not, not quite as pretty as she used to be. <laughs> All right, let me, let me work on it for you, sir. All right. I'll be back fucking guy <laughs> all right um trying to think how i want to handle this really quick 
All right. So before I head out, I'm just going to seek an audience again, just to say goodbye to Alfred. And okay. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, they bring you in. Do you, uh, <clears throat> you find um, anything in the mine? It, no, there was um, just like you had stated. You know, clearing the mine turned up nothing. Um, going through the portal again, that that turned up nothing. They can't be used. I just explained yeah. basically what I found out that they can't be used until they're unlocked from the other side. Um, there is a uh, <laughs> a funny man that I met on my way out of town. You ever see those flyers for the adventuring school? Oh God. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it piqued a, a little interest in me. I, I took a walk over there, and what a character I met who runs that clinic. Yeah, I've heard stories about him. Oh, he's funny. He's funny. He basically strong-armed me into his place, and I'll tell you what, his training was was very solid. Um, it was the bill that he tried stiffing me with at the end that oh, was uh, that was pretty pretty comical. How much would you uh, how much would you guess somebody trained somebody to? prep them for adventuring in the world? <sighs> Probably around like 18,000 gold. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I have no idea. I, you know, I know I would give hunting lessons to people, but like that was I, just something that I did. I never even really charged for it. Yeah, of course, because you want to help out your local brethren. Yeah, right? I mean, usually what would happen is I would train them, and if, if they were any good at it, I, I would offer them a spot with the lodge. Right. Right. Um, well, I think this uh, this fine fella has found himself so deep in debt with the bank here in Hexley. Um, yeah, eighteen thousand gold. <laughs> so you can imagine, uh, to his dismay, uh, yeah, I don't have eighteen thousand gold to give this fine gentleman. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think, think our, anybody has. I don't think our bank has eighteen thousand yeah. gold in it. So. Um, are you going to have the Empire pay for it? No, nobody's paying for that. But oh. here's a, uh, a small favor that I think I need. There is a uh, one of his students, and I'll just go on to tell the tale about okay. this student. Um, the guy, is, he's a fraud, and he takes advantage of, you know, disillusioned people such as this guy. And um, again, I explained the situation of what happened with this bar. Uh, his name is Lucas McCormick. He apparently lives... Outside of Hexley. Yeah, I know him. He's pretty rich. Oh, you do know him? Yeah. Well, he is a scammer. Most rich guys are. I mean, his yeah. house takes up... I've never been there, but they say his house takes up like a quarter of South Hexley. Really? Yeah. He's got his He's got his fingers in a lot of pies here. If I remember correctly, he was exiled from the town proper. He pissed off the Baroness. I don't know what he did. Um, yeah, well, he stole a bar out from underneath her lover. <laughs> Well, that'll do it. <laughs> I think, I think so. Uh, what do you, what do you, what do you need? I mean, I'm not. I, I, the economy would like his money, but I'm not sure if I'm interested in having a shark floating around the city. Yeah, part of me just wants to go with a contingent of Thunder Force and label him a heretic. Maybe he's using magic to get this money. Who knows? I think. Um, he's... I mean, you're you have the authority. If you need the guys, I got them. I mean, if you tell me that this guy is a burden to Hexley. He's not a burden, but I, like, I'm not going to extend him an offer to come back into the city. Right. You know, I, I don't need that kind of drama. Uh, the, I would rather the economy slowly grow steadily than get an influx of ill-gotten coin. Right. I will say, 
I don't know, you know, we're starting to get the trust back between the Thunder Force and the citizenry. I'm not sure if I'm interested in also burning somebody at the stake either. I don't see why we can't, for the good of the crown, just seize his assets. Throw him on his ass for once. Yeah, but what would you say? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would you go about seizing his assets? Hi, I'm from the Empire. We're taking your assets. Oh, as simple as that. I don't see why not. I mean, you could talk to him and see if he's as dirty as, you know, because there's always two sides to the story. Well, that's what I was going to... Well, I just find it interesting that th this... I mean, granted, I'm hearing the story from one person, but um, let me ask you this, a small favor. Um, can you spare a small group yeah. of Thunder Force? Yeah. Okay. You uh, you want to bring your buddy Whitmore with you, or do you want Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whitmore and, you know, however many men he has under his control. Okay. And we'll just take a, a quick little trip over there on my way out. Okay. Right, but after that, I'm, I'm taking off, so it was great seeing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay in touch. Yes. Uh, you're heading over to the gorge? Yeah, yeah, we're going to make our way. We're going through the mountain pass, so if you hear anything, that's the uh, that's the route that we traveled. Um, if you want, I can send word to Facepire. Let them know that you're coming. I won't identify you. I'll just say a friend of... Oh, if you would mine. do that, that would be great. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that would be great. All right. So we're going to go to South Hexley. Yes. With Whitmore and... It's okay. You can roll a percentile. Percentile? Percentile. Roll it out of 100. Whitmore and four Thunder Force. Oh, not 400. <laughs> Excellent. All right, so we get to South Hexley. It's, it's not far. Right, right, A couple right. hours maybe at most. Okay. And we find the estate, the compound of yeah. one Lucas McCormick. So I imagine you guys all go to the front gate. Yes. And... No. Yeah, knocker. Yeah. Hello. All right, so this uh, butler comes out, real snooty-looking guy, and kind of looks at you like, can I help you? I seek an audience with Lucas McCormick. I'm here on behalf of the Empire. And what is your business with Mr. McCormick? So I, I'll show the butler my credentials, and um, I, say, uh, I say this is my business with Mr. McCormick. You see him kind of like gulp and, okay. I would ask that you wait here while I go prepare his. Do what you must. Hall. All right. So he goes in and he's gone for a time. Eventually he comes back out and he opens the gate and motions you, motions for you to follow him. And you go to this very nice mansion. Lots of, um. Like uh, like Don Corleone's house. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, lots of statues holding jugs with water pouring out of them and decorative torches lighting the way and lots of marble and Venetian blinds, you know? And, uh, like, his house obviously stands out in the yeah. surrounding area. Like, there it's, like a farm, house. it's like a farm town and then a mansion. Like a, like a, a big mansion. Right. You, w you wouldn't be blamed for thinking it was a hotel. Oh, okay. It's like a villa. Yeah. Right. Uh, and he brings you into this like, banquet area uh, full of frills and pomp. Mm. And out comes this very fat, gross man. Uh, kind of greasy hair. Big nose. Very weasel-like. 
and he almost sounds like an, Ill- an illiterate man from the 41st millennium. Can I help you? I don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> Can I help you? I, I do like a like a one-saw. Like I just kind of take in, as we walked in, I just kind of take in, does he have any men? Uh, Like serving people, yeah. But no guards or anything like that. Not now. So bringing myself and Whitmore, the head of the Thunder Force in Hexley, and, and four men, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it, it appears, it's very intimidating. Yeah. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so where he, I'm sorry, the butler brings us into this hall. Okay. So he says, "How can I help you?" I say, "Lucas McCormick." Yes. Who are you? My name is Harrison Bullet. I'm a justice seer. What do you want? To have a conversation. Sit down. So he uh, he snaps his fingers and he sits down and somebody brings him over a plate of grapes. He starts eating. Doesn't offer you any. We need. What I need is to figure out if that will be the last time somebody brings you food when you snap your fingers. It has been brought to the Empire's attention that the methods that you employ to finance your life of luxury, well, they're being called into question. I have all my statements, all my bank records. Nothing is illegal. The Empire does not care if your businesses are legal or illegal. Give me an intimidation with a plus two. 18. <laughs> okay. So you're going to you're going to goon arm me. What, what, what do you want? Explain to me the relationship between you and Dave or Flintstriker. Dave or Flintstriker. Dave or Flintstriker. Uh, is he Is he on the this is, is he the scene? Don't the, play poster with me. No. Oh, that's right. He owns the the school. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, my relationship with him is um, I am interested in his property, and he doesn't read contracts. That's my relationship okay. with him. Do you have a copy of this contract? Of course. May I see it, please? So uh, he you know, uh, waves to one of his servant men, and they bring forth this little lockbox, and he opens it up, and he is very excruciatingly slowly licking his finger. Nope. 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 And finally, he gets, ah, yep, here it is. And he hands it to you. Okay. I say, Whitmore? Yeah? Grab that box for me. Okay. And he takes the box from his lap. Okay. You act like a sloth one more time, and I will burn all of your contracts. (laughs) And I will throw you in prison. Are we clear? What do you want? Or are we clear? Yes. Okay. So I take a look at the contract because now I'm curious to see what this fucking mullet got himself into. Uh, it is a lot of henceforth heretofore quit pro quo. The <laughs> like subsection three, article five. Like it's like it's like twelve pages long, and you're looking at it and you understand the language. Right. You see words that make sense to you put together the way they are. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like a team of high-profile attorneys put this together to trick other high-profile attorneys. Right. Okay. 
Understood. Uh, so I put that one down, and I just randomly grab another one. Same thing. Out of the box. Yeah. And it's just another local business. Yeah. I, I keep pulling until it's a business that, like, I've seen before. Like, something that I'm familiar with. If it, I don't care if I have to go through the entire box, and I don't recognize a single one of them, but these fucking papers are just going to be all over the room. Because as I take it and I look at it, if it doesn't strike me, I just throw it to the side. Okay. Uh, let's see. I would say... No. Nothing that you recognize. Okay. So as I get to there's like a quarter of the box remaining, I just turn it over and <laughs> dump all the papers out in my frustration. And he's just like, he's biting his lip. Just like, Chauncey, can you, can you? And one of the servants come over and starts picking I, up I the, look at Whitmore. the papers. <laughs> While the guy is leaned over, like I, I like squatting, picking up papers. Whitmore takes his tremendous foot and just puts it against his shoulder and just kicks him to the ground. <laughs> Good. I say your servants are my servants. They'll move when I tell them to move. Following your cue, Whitmore motions his hand and all of the Thunder Force draw their weapons and start picking a random associate mm. to pair up with. <clears throat> I'm going to have you pick all these papers up for me and I am going to have these dropped off to the magistrate of Hexley you no longer have any control in any of these businesses you can't do that excuse me you can't do that it's all legal is it okay well I look at Whitmore and I say him I just point to a random servant (laughs) I'm rolling more than you are (laughs) Uh, Whitmore walks over to the guy and just kind of like gut checks him and he goes down to one knee. And I look back at Lucas. I'm sorry, what what can I and cannot do? Listen, the Thunder Force sanctioned these, these. You can't just come in and change it now. I don't care how many of my guys you beat up. I can hire more. You have two options here. Either you're going to do what I tell you to do or I'm going to make sure that all of your assets are seized. And you'll be living in the slums. Seized how? I don't think you understand, Mr. Man. I own three quarters of Hexley. I am Hexley. So yep. get, why are you living outside of Hexley? Well, that was a partially my choice. And, you know, I, I had a disagreement with, with uh, Annabelle Lewis. Yeah, because you were screwing over her little boy toy. Well, I mean, who, who's supposed to know that? I don't know what goes on behind oh. people's closed doors. But she let me keep it, didn't she? Look, the contract is in that pile over there somewhere. Not even her. The bloody bell took my money away from me because it's sanctioned. I'll go to the Empire. I'll go to the Emperor himself if I have to. I can afford a ship. You could come in here and strong arm me all you want. I could buy you. I could buy your credentials. I'm sorry? Citadel breaks through the... No. <laughs> 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 um, I walk over to him and I take the box that I'm holding that had all of his documents and I smash him in the face with it oh! uh, roll 1d4 damage 4 <laughs> 
So he just like I picture he like goes backwards out of his chair. His feet go up in the air, and he's wearing like those obnoxious white stockings that like <laughs> yeah. the Quakers used to have. Yeah. <laughs> his feet are just up in the air, and <laughs> he just gets up and he's like shaking with anger, and he's like, "Do whatever you want. This isn't over." Oh no, uh, Whitmore. <clears throat> uh, just to see your bullet, we found something. What'd you find? Whitmore pulls apart this picture frame that he was leaning up against or threw somebody against, and it's a gigantic safe. Can you open it? Uh, are you asking Whitmore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tries cranking on the handle, and it doesn't do anything. It's a combination. I look to Mr. Bloody Face. What's in the safe? Things I want to keep safe. <laughs> Tell me the combination. Oh, this is getting like 40K. <laughs> I have to separate uh, the Give me an intimidation with advantage. We're looking for a 16. 16. Oh, shit. <sighs> and he slowly gets up and before he moves over starts wiping his face making sure it's all cleaned up and he walks over to the safe <sighs> click 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 looks over his shoulder <sighs> click 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 Ka-chunk. and he opens the safe no I just kind of pull him out of the way yeah and it's filled with uh, gold bars. Probably not his entire wealth, but his liquid cash that he keeps on hand for a quick issue. Right. If you had to wager a guess, probably 150,000 gold. Holy shit. So I, Harrison looks at him and says, based on the documentation that you've provided, these funds will be seized on behalf of the Empire as illegal proceeds to a corrupt enterprise that's being run by you, Lucas McCormick. And I tell I tell Whitmore, seize him. Uh, Whitmore, with a little spark in his eye, <laughs> just grabs him uh, and not in the gentlest fashion starts dragging him towards the door. Okay. Give me a perception check. 17. At least a few of the servants are somewhere in between chuckling and yes. Doing that little with the yes. Arm. Yes. <laughs> uh, as he's going out, Whitmore says, uh, maybe, uh, maybe we leave one or two of these bars for a severance package. I think, you know, I don't want to contribute to unemployment. That's a great idea. So I, I'll take a look around and try to remember how many servants I remember seeing. Two, two bars should probably handle that. Okay. So yeah. they get left, and uh, I'm assuming the other Thunder Force help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do whatever else is necessary, and it's almost like the end of Star Wars. There's X-Wings flying by and fireworks going off, and they're playing on the helmets of Stormtroopers, <laughs> celebrating with the Ewoks. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay. Uh, 
I guess I am seeing Alvord again. We're obviously going to make our way back um, into the city, and I'll once again request an audience with him, dragging this guy, kicking and screaming. Well, I would imagine they take this guy, they put him in like a cell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just looking up your consequences. Yeah, that's what I, I know. Something bad is coming out of this. <laughs> this is not going to be good. Okay. So I'm with Alvord? Yep. Oh, okay. I said, so it, it, it kind of went down the way that you said it might go down. Um, you know, this little weasel had about 150,000 gold hidden in a safe in his room. No way. Yeah. So we seized it on behalf of the Empire. I'll leave it with you. Uh, the Thunder Force that um, Whitmore brought had brought it back. I'm sorry. You're going to leave it with us? You don't want to take any for yourself? No. Harrison, this is, I mean, this is going to, dude, we can get all these guys out of debt. This is going to completely change. Just make sure that, you know, whatever businesses this guy was scamming, obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, we gathered all the documentation, right? We brought that back so yeah. he can he can see and, I, and do with it what he... Uh, I haven't spoken to the bank, obviously, but I would assume this is uh, more than what we're going to need. What should we do with the extra? Keep it in the city's coffers. All right. All right. And I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Oh, that's going to come back to burn me. <laughs> oh, I know it. That's going to come back to burn me. I think I have, in my mind, I feel like I have legal... All right. Uh, getting, some, getting some shit from Citadel. What a great, what a great episode. Bannon killed it. Uh, Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Either way. No, I'm kidding. Bannon does kill things. He does. He does. He does. Harrison is a little more loose and fun. Loosey-goosey. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I'm not sure if our uh, pleas have helped at all or not, or we overreacted. And by we, I mean that fucking scumbag Barry. Uh, Why do you got to shit on Barry? But Why do you got to shit on the guy? Yeah. The guy wears a fucking pocket kerchief. He's very professional around here. He, okay. You know, it's uh, fucking, dude, what's the temperature right now? It's got to be 90 degrees, high humidity. The guy is wearing a suit. We don't have air conditioning here. Still wearing a suit. Hand kerchief in his pocket. I would like to thank people uh, who started checking out Warhammer. Uh, they're pretty much even now. Yes. Uh, and if you are one of these people that only listens to the D&D, again, I, I think that you're doing your dis your disselfish fuck. Mm hmm Please roll a one so you drink out of the chalice. Nah, come on. It's it's the the view is obstructed by my glass. Okay, so it's a one. It's either a one or a seven. I can't tell yet. Let's find out together. That's a one. That's awesome. This is the episode of ones. Look at the first chalice drink. I feel like I should make some kind of like announcement as I drink out of this thing. To kinsmen. <laughs> to kinsmen. And to ones. <laughs> what say ye? <laughs> Holy shit. <coughs> <laughs> to kinsmen. Yes. Uh, uh, so now we're on to the next mission with the whiskey dicks out there. Uh, what? We're, <laughs> we're on to the n n n n next mission. 
I was having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 17. Good. We're on to the next mission with the whiskey dicks out there. I implore all of you listening to give us a rating. Five stars. I think we're worth five stars. Can you go six? Um, maybe. It would really help out with the show uh, and help other people find us. Yes. Oh, no. I think before we go, I should break down the differences between tortoise and turtle. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> two turtles. Uh, it, may they uh, enjoy their webbed feet with long claws, as opposed to tortoises that have feet that are short and sturdy with bent legs. See, they have legs. Tortoises have legs. To Frank Sinatra. Yeah, I'm drunk. Uh, we'll do things my way. To the French. Viva la... Go fuck yourself. I think that's me. No, viva... Viva la France! That's what they say. To a big Yeah. With Monsieur Schoons and Monsieur Pompidou. <laughs> Get away from my butt. <laughs> <laughs> You're standing way too close. Way too close for my butt. Hey, me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dice. And the pads. <laughs>